Hi, this is Emily Horvath. Welcome back to the Expand podcast created by Recipe Plus. This content will bring you close to experts in the respiratory field who will be discussing the best practices with a focus on improving the lives of people living with chronic lung conditions. This podcast is part of a series that explores the journey of people suffering with chronic cough and their healthcare team. Today, we're joined again by Sarah McRae, respiratory therapist and chronic cough patient, as well as Dr. Alan Lowe, a practicing pharmacist at BioPro Biologics Pharmacy and clinical pharmacist at Fraser Health Authority. With a devoted interest in patient-centered care and interprofessional collaboration, his healthcare practice is diverse, and he has practiced in areas of hospital pharmacy, pharmaceutical industry, academia, research, patient advocacy, and community pharmacy. His passion and skills in education is demonstrated in his teaching of pharmacy students, as well as his involvement as a presenter at regional, national, and international conferences. Dr. Lowe is here with us today to discuss the role pharmacists play in a patient's chronic cough journey and the value that they can bring to the pathway of care. Good afternoon, Dr. Lowe. Um, I'm happy that you could be with us today. Hello, Sarah. Great to be here. So we're going to go through a few questions, if you don't mind. Um, First question being, with your experience as a pharmacist and with multiple people coming Mm -hmm. in and out of the pharmacy, multiple different patients, um, are you seeing chronic cough and how many people with symptoms of chronic cough are coming and how big of a problem do you think that is? So that's a great question, Sarah. And actually practicing as a pharmacist in community practice, it is a little bit different how we look at it because it's hard to assess those numbers. People are coming into the pharmacy all the time with a cough and uh, looking into the cough and cold section and selecting their own products. So oftentimes the miss is that they're not asking their pharmacist for advice or guidance on selecting the product and also giving the pharmacist a chance to find out more about their background. So most people are just coming in and and self-selecting and uh, pharmacists are oftentimes busy behind the counter and not sitting down with the patient or probing further and investigating these symptoms. So it's unclear how frequently it's occurring. I think it's happening more often than we actually recognize because we don't know if that patient who's coming in is coming in for the first time having an episodic cough, you know, from a a cold or from allergic rhinitis or allergies and that kind of thing, or whether this has been going on for a while. And for a lot of patients where it's been going on for a while, they just cycle through different treatments. So they're coming into the pharmacy and grabbing different things, not necessarily talking with the pharmacist about it. So I think as pharmacists, we should really prompt the patients as we see them and people who are looking at the cough and cold section to get a little bit more background. And we find that uh, if you do that, it does show up that there are more people than we think um, actually have chronic cough. And it's not just an acute episode. And even if we see patients a few times, we think that it might be different episodes. So maybe this time it was a cold and and the next time we see them, maybe it's Mm -hmm. in the summer or spring and we think it's allergies. But these are assumptions that maybe pharmacists shouldn't be always making. And unfortunately, pharmacists are very busy and oftentimes uh, uh, won't step out to, you know, capture somebody who is uh, looking at the cough and cold section. It is really going to be up to that person to really approach the pharmacist and ask about that before they go into it. So I know there are reports out there that are talking about chronic cough at occurring 16% of the people who do have cough. And that's a pretty big number when you think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, it is really hard to tell because oftentimes cough is kind of a symptom rather than a condition. So it's thought of as a symptom of something underlying 
that's going to require some investigation to see what's causing it. And because it's uh, mostly, I guess, patient driven, it's up to them to, I guess, seek the help and to approach practitioners, provide the background and provide enough history so that someone can actually determine what this is. Um, a lot of the times chronic cough might be caused by allergies and colds. And that's why we probably ignore them a lot. These are self-limiting things that we assume that there's not really a big problem here. And now we're also seeing some post-COVID cough. So after a COVID infection, people might have a cough that lasts a little bit longer. And so we're seeing some of those coughs come about and people are coming into the pharmacy for the cough preparation for that reason. So I think you've already answered my next question, which is, do you think the chronic cough is under, undiagnosed? And from what you've kind of said, I'm gonna go with, yeah, you're probably thinking it is. Yes, I, I believe so, but I'd like to see the data to find out in, you know, truly where we stand with respect to the diagnosis and how frequently it's happening. Um, but I think to better understand it, but let's just maybe dive into it in a little bit more detail. Mm -hmm. To better understand chronic cough, we have to recognize that first there are some standards in the definitions. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that everybody is aware of it, um, even in the healthcare field. This is, I'll call it a relatively new area of looking at cough as not only as a symptom, but chronic cough as being a condition. And so we often deal with the acute cough. That's the one where it's a symptom of a cold or a flu, um, allergies. Uh, it could also be people have uh, been exposed in environments where there's irritating uh, air pollutants that are causing people to cough. And, you know, getting out of those environments, of course, and avoiding those situations are the best way to do it. But sometimes it's in our workplace, whether it be dust or smoke and that kind of thing. There's also cough that could last between three to eight weeks. This is referred to as subacute cough. Again, it is something that is likely uh, um, identifying or representing something else that's underlying. And it's gonna take some investigation as to figuring out what it is. The trouble with diagnosing chronic cough is it's really a diagnosis of exclusion. That is, you try to find what the underlying cause is. And if you can't find one, then it gets labeled or diagnosed as chronic cough. And you can see how problematic that is because this cough could be due to so many different things, whether it be a respiratory related uh, issue, or it could be actually gastrointestinal. So esophageal reflux, or sometimes referred to as GERD, um, is just acid reflux that occur. But that irritation to the back of the throat and the cough reflexes does also cause a chronic cough. And treating that underlying condition is really what we need to do to identify that cause and to uh, um, get into that treatment and the diagnosis. Because there's so many different things that can cause a person to cough, it's not easy. So I've listed off many different uh, causes already and they're in different areas of our body. So there are different specialists and different physicians who would focus in on that. So it's not just one person and, or one practitioner. And I think therein lies some of the difficulties that we have. And if the patient's not being referred, I guess, to the person who's focusing uh, on the right issues, they might dismiss it because it's not in their area. So if it was referred, re sorry, referred to respirologist, who's gonna look at the lungs and look in the breathing um, and it's being caused by reflux, which they may not be looking at or focusing on, that may get missed or dismissed. Um, and it has to be picked up by more of a primary care person who's gonna refer them to the right specialist to diagnose it further. So I guess, you know, the quick answer, you're right, it is underdiagnosed, but it is also very difficult to diagnose. 
And it's gonna take steps by both the healthcare team as well as the patient themselves to pursue it and navigate the system a bit more to get that properly labeled and identified. Um, you know, go beyond those underlying causes if an underlying cause can't be found. Yeah, as someone who's been through all that testing, I totally get it. And you're right, if you don't advocate, it can be underdiagnosed for sure. Absolutely. So, sorry, and you mentioned earlier, people are coming in to get over-the-counter cough syrups. Um, it has its place, yes, um, for acute cough. Where's your thoughts on that for chronic cough? And what advice can you give um, to someone with a chronic cough as to what they could actually try or what next step they could actually do? Yes. It seems that I think people generally have this mentality of if they have a cough, they try a cough suppressant or a cough syrup and it doesn't work. There's some perception that it might not be the right one, that they have to try another one. And I think we tend to believe that because you walk into the cough and cold section and you know, it's huge. There are so many different cough syrups to choose from. Not only are there different flavors, but we are talking about so many different brands, versions, and sub-brands because under one brand name, you're gonna see several and they all will work on cough. And then you've got some ones that are more like home remedies, which don't necessarily contain pharmaceutical ingredients, but are more natural in nature. And so there are so many to try that I think people get this perception that they can cycle through and maybe they'll by happenstance and uh, by luck <clears throat> land on the cough suppressant that's gonna work for them. And I think uh, before people should do that is to speak with the pharmacist and talk about it a bit more and also have that pharmacist equipped and ready to do a deeper dive into investigating the history behind that chronic cough. The patient certainly has to help out with keeping a good history and a good diary, um, especially if they've tried many different cough syrups uh, for different periods of times, whether they've used the proper dose or not, that kind of thing is all kind of uh, a possibility that gets obscured and people don't really recall. So keeping a diary is really important. I know that when I've talked to patients and trying to have them recall, you know, what did they try last month or two months ago? And the recall is gonna be very difficult. And certainly it's hard for them to remember the names. And even when they do, if they give me one of the brand names, because there's so many subversions, we really wanna get into what did it contain because there are different ingredients these mm -hmm. different cough syrups can contain. And because of this variety, it's very difficult to identify whether even the patient's just trying the same thing over and over or whether they've actually moved to a different one. But I guess in general, you know, cough syrups are meant for short-term usage. These aren't uh, meant for long-term and to treat chronic cough. They're not particularly effective in doing that. And it has to be assessed further. And so I guess some advice uh, for the patients as well as the pharmacist is to do that deeper investigation for patients to keep these diaries to capture what's making it worse, what's making it better, whether it's associated with anything in particular, um, whether there's environments that they walk into, uh, irritants, pollutants, um, whether this person is smoking and, and whether that frequency uh, causes an issue. If they've got underlying conditions uh, such as asthma or COPD uh, affecting their respiratory tract, then that's something that has to be recognized and looked at a little bit differently. And I think from a pharmacist's point of view, they can prompt the patient to look into these things. And the pharmacist probably is there as kind of a triage person to help them uh, navigate a little bit better to understand what to capture, what to write down. And when they do see their doctor to express, I guess, their, the information in kind of an efficient way 
but also in an accurate way rather than just trying to recall it uh, while at the doctor's office. Because I think a lot of times patients' uh, recall, as I mentioned, is, is hard and it's hard for all of us. If you're put on the spot and you're asked about what happened six months ago, I think all of us would be hard pressed to really recall exactly what happened or what we did about it. And the other thing that I'd like to encourage pharmacists to look into is uh, people that have cough associated with smoking uh, to assess whether with this person, if it's the right time to look into and assess if smoking cessation, uh, a good thing to bring up to have that conversation and to assist them and support them in smoking cessation. Okay. So I think you've already shown us the value that a pharmacist could have. And for you yourself, um, you've sort of given us an information too of your, your pathway of care because you're, you're, like you said, sort of that in-between person. Um, how do you feel that you are used or how do you feel that, I'm pausing, Emily, sorry. Um, so I think what you've told us in the last few minutes is um, that there's a lot of value in a pharmacist working with the patient for chronic care. What do you see your pathway of care, um, other than being that middle person, to be with the patient? So I think as pharmacists, we can certainly work with patients to identify some of these causes that can be avoided. And it's hard for patients themselves sometimes to work through it. And if we ask some of those questions about what's making it worse or better and trying to identify um, avoidable causes, whether that be those air pollutants and smoking and that, those kinds of things, um, medications that cause it. So as pharmacists, we can look into the list of medications, but as part of that care pathway, I think a huge role pharmacists can play is helping with the navigation. I certainly see a lot of breakdown in that respect. Um, our healthcare system in Canada um, is kind of fragmented. You know, we do have a very good healthcare system and that it's universal healthcare. But at the same time, we're not having good, what we refer to as longitudinal care. That is following the person all the way through uh, from beginning to end. And we just kind of deal with that acute situation that's happening right now. And so if we deal with it in just these episodic uh, ways, we don't identify these underlying causes and problems and don't ever get to that diagnosis of exclusion because you have to be very systematic in order to get to a point where there is no underlying cause that can be identified. And then that patient is labeled as chronic cough as a condition and then looking for treatments in that way. So pharmacists can help by explaining and I guess educating the patient with regards to that and also arming them with the right information to approach their doctor when they're going in for a visit. Uh, physicians, of course, are also very busy, and uh, when things are indeterminate or unclear, um, it's hard for them to investigate or do too much in that one single visit. It has to be multiple follow-ups. So being that it's multiple follow-ups, that patient has to be encouraged to do those additional steps, to follow up with the physician, and follow up reminding, I guess, the care practitioner that they see, particularly if it's not the same one, um, what happened the last time and where they've progressed to as the next step. I find that pharmacists can also do a very powerful uh, piece in guidance by asking the patient uh, to tell the physician when they see them what might be the next referral or concern that they have. So pharmacists may not be able to diagnose it without doing other tests and things, and this is left for the diagnostician or the physician to find out. But if the guess is that this might be related to acid reflux, you know, based on what the pharmacist can assess, that there might be some improvement with some over-the-counter antacid type uh, treatments that are used, then telling that patient that this might be the thought 
and uh, suggesting that a gastroenterologist might be the next referral um, when speaking with the family physician, that might help to move things along. Then at least that reflux part gets looked at. And if it's ruled out, move on to the next one. But if not looked at uh, and treated properly, might be allowed to continue on. And over-the-counter treatments for reflux, um, of course, aren't as effective as prescription ones. And there also might be another type of underlying cause with the reflux that might need surgery or other assessments or other uh, problems that are going on that have to be diagnosed. So mm -hmm. there's a lot that I think uh, pharmacists can do with that pathway. And part of it's due to the fact that our healthcare system needs help. I, I agree. And you're, you were also saying, um, basically you can assist the patient in a lot of ways, but you also, you know their medications if it's a continual patient care as you said, you can continue to help because you see, you know, are you overusing this medication or overusing that? So that makes a lot of sense. You did talk about one of the tools being a diary that they keep. Um, are there other tools that you would recommend that they need to do to help serve the patient more appropriately? Certainly. I think we probably need to produce these because they aren't out there yet. And so hopefully anyone watching this podcast is encouraged to maybe look at creating or doing some research in this area. But right now, as we develop a diary, we're doing it with the patients and creating an individualized diary. Of course, that is the best, but it's nice to have a template to start with. Mm -hmm. But we'll usually work with a patient to find out what's you know, causing or likely causing their cough and have them uh, monitor those things, um, have them monitor the frequency of the cough when it's worse or not, and also assessing their sleep. If uh, cough is waking them up, how frequently and all that kind of stuff. So certainly a diary is going to be an important tool to have. Uh, medication lists, which are tools that are already out there. Uh, many different medication lists that you can get online if you do a search for it. And some pharmacies have uh, pamphlets that patients can use to fill out or print out from their pharmacy management systems mm -hmm. that patients already have the list uh, partially completed from what the pharmacy has on record. But all of those kinds of things are going to be important tools that we can pass on to a patient to use. Um, other things might be navigating the healthcare system. Right now, there's no good tool checklist or support um, for an average patient to kind of work through in, in getting themselves properly diagnosed and how even for them to advocate for themselves. And, you know, these are very much needed tools and probably need to be customized for different conditions. Obviously, navigating the healthcare system for something like high blood pressure is going to be very different from a situation like this where we're talking about chronic cough, which is a diagnosis of exclusion. Again, that means that we have to rule everything else out and when we're trying to find that underlying cause and arrive to a point where a cause can't be found and then it's being labeled as chronic cough and then being treated that way. And we do have to recognize that chronic cough has impacts um, that we don't normally or easily capture, and that is the impact on the emotional state. So mental health issues and emotional, particularly now that we're kind of uh, uh, been exposed to COVID and the pandemic and all the uh, sensitivities around somebody who's coughing, um, this has a dramatic impact on their quality of life. And again, there should be tools to assess and capture whether someone is having some impact uh, that is affecting them emotionally um, affecting their mental health because of this uh, situation. And we don't have many tools that are screening or capturing people that are you know, being affected and maybe even on the verge of moving into something that's more concerning and moving into depression and, and withdrawing from society and those kinds of things because they're so worried. 
So we need these screening tools. Um, we need people to be, I guess, uh, a place to gather more information. And from a healthcare practitioner side, I'd like to see more continuing education uh, being developed for practitioners to recognize about cough and, and chronic cough and how it's different from the acute situation that we see. So all of these things do remain to be uh, developed and rolled out. And there are some resources available now, but hopefully more are coming. That is absolutely true. Thank you so much for all your knowledge today and for giving us all those good tips. We all need to talk to our pharmacists more often by the sounds of things. <laughs> Thanks so much, Dr. Lowe. That's great. Thank you, Sarah. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it and were able to get a few insights from our speakers. Make sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss the upcoming episodes. We'll be publishing a new podcast the first week of every month, so stay tuned. You can also follow us on various social media platforms. Just look for our Expand Forces by Recipe Plus.